Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Vesperisms, the art of thinking for yourself. I'm your host, author-illustrator Vesper Stamper, and this is a weekly 20-minute recalibration of your artistic worldview, one that, unlike all the other worldviews that are constantly pulling on us, is open and expansive, human-centered, and allows for growth and change. So grab your coffee and have a seat in my studio, and let's have a chat. You know, back a few months ago when I began planning this podcast, neither I nor any one of you could have predicted what would ensue here in March of 2020, namely a global pandemic that has shut down large sectors of the economy, eliminated jobs, and even separated us from each other physically. I don't know about you, but I've been walking around like a zombie, scrambling to figure out how to gain some control over the situation. Once my kids' school was canceled and everyone was here at home together with no real socialization, not even the ability to grab a coffee with a friend, I spent the next week in a brain fog. I couldn't gather my thoughts. The days flew by with little to show for it. And by that Friday, it dawned on me that I was actually in a mild state of shock. And I felt kind of guilty about that because why should I be in shock? I'm actually pretty fortunate. As a freelancer, I'm not an hourly wage earner and I don't have a boss who can fire me. All I have to do is, all I have to do is completely reinvent myself. And that's why I'm in shock. Look, it's one thing if you're in shock, but the people around you aren't. The whole thing when you're struggling or when you're in crisis is that you can go to someone who's outside of the situation and tell them all about it. They can listen objectively and either just sit and listen or offer you advice or feedback. But when literally the whole world is in the same boat, that's something different, right? The novel coronavirus has become the great leveler. Things we were fighting about just two months ago seem silly, petty, and obsolete. Listening to politicians bicker over their pet causes is almost intolerable in a way that just a short time ago we might have been happy to engage. We're at a loss for how to help others, yes, but we also need to help ourselves. So I want to offer you a few ways to get unstuck. Because as big as this crisis is, it's not the first one we've experienced, and it certainly won't be the last. We've all lost jobs before, or had a loved one who's been sick, or seen suffering we can't fix. We've all had much less major crises, like writer's block, or a string of crappy paintings, or a dance injury that benches us for a few weeks. So how do we get through any kind of obstacle as artists? How do you take the upheaval, whether that's a global pandemic or a personal heartbreak, and push through to the other side and even create something beautiful from it? Before I give you these tools, just a note. These suggestions take into account both shortage of money and a need for purpose. I'm not going to tell you to do anything that will put you in debt or that takes enormous leaps of faith. These are just baby steps, okay? Just pick one that you feel you can do. So here we go. Number one, put it on the page. Right before the new year, I decided to buy the book The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and that's this week's recommended read. You'll find a link to it in the show notes. I had already been sensing that I had to examine the way I was working because last year, I really did a number on my health by overworking, and for all that work, I didn't feel I did my best work anyway. I knew I needed a reset, so I began The Artist's Way. It's a 12-week course that has helped 
so many artists in the same position, including many of my friends. Besides reading an amazing chapter per week, the main component of The Artist's Way is called The Morning Pages, and it's simple. As soon as you wake up in the morning, you write. For 30 minutes, three pages of stream of consciousness writing that you will either throw away or preferably not go back and read. It's not quite journaling, it's more of a pure brain dump. So I'm gonna do a whole episode on The Artist's Way soon, but for now, I'll just say that it's given me a place to put my anxieties instead of bringing them into my work. I had been working from such a place of fear and stress that I felt all but paralyzed. And if that's you, I encourage you to go get the book and do the course. Buy it used if you need to, or ask around to see if a friend has a copy. The only other thing you need is a pen and paper. You just need a place to put your worries and walk away from them. And for millions of people, that's been the morning pages and the artist's way. Number two, get back in your body. In episode one of Vesperisms, we laid out some fundamentals of artistic thinking. Number one, artists see. Number two, artistic thinking is expansive. And number three, art is human-centered. We talked about that being human-centered as going in two directions, the body and the audience. But before we ever get our work out in front of an audience, we first have a relationship with our own bodies. Artists take in a lot through the five senses, so we need to pay attention to what we're letting in. We metabolize our input and we create our output, but it's all through the body. When we're in crisis though, our relationship to our bodies gets skewed. We get either very mental or very emotional. We scramble mentally to figure out how to survive or our emotions come over us like waves. Or we freeze, we hold our breath, we tense our muscles, we sleep poorly. One of the very best things we can do in times of crisis is to care for our bodies. Now, I am not talking about pampering or indulging, though I won't judge. That can go too far in the other direction and become very self-focused. No, I'm talking about regular, daily reconnection with your body. Even before the coronavirus pandemic came on the scene, I was concerned about artists. I saw that we were trading embodiment for the convenience and the public orientation of technology and social media. Remember that as an artist, being human-centered must start with your own relationship to your body. And in the next episode, I'm gonna talk all about this concept of embodiment. It's that important. But here are some thoughts. When you wake up in the morning, before your feet hit the floor, take several deep breaths. Then when you get up, really look at yourself in the mirror to remind yourself who you are in your body. When you shower, feel the water like it cares about you and it wants you to feel good. Choose your clothes purposely. Put on makeup even if you're not going anywhere. Do some kind of physical activity and remind yourself to listen to your body's reaction to it. And then when you're ready to make the work, Think of taking just a minute to feel your soul inside your own skin. I encourage you to take the morning away from any technology so that you can start your day in the physical world. If you're a visual artist, maybe you'll decide to get out some materials you haven't used in a while and get a little messy. If you're a dancer, maybe you'll try to get outside to work today. If you're a musician, Maybe you'll let yourself feel the vibration of the bow on the string instead of automatically going into your scales. 
Go as analog as you possibly can right now. Number three, put a lily on the table. I remember years ago, my husband introduced me to this concept. It comes from something that author Edith Schaefer says in her book, The Hidden Art of Homemaking. She says, in Holland, fresh cut flowers are generally considered a necessity. We are told that even the very poor people in Holland put aside a guilder or two for flowers every week. Schaefer says that in high school, her principal always started the daily assembly by reciting, if you have two loaves of bread, sell one and buy a lily. The bread becomes a different thing when eaten at a table with a lily in the center. You can't live only in survival mode. You can and you must think ahead for how you will emerge from this, even in the very smallest of ways. And keeping your connection to beauty even in a very simple way, is how you will do it. When we're in crisis or we're grieving or we're struggling, it's vital for anyone, but especially for artists, to remember that we are part of a living world. Right now, as I'm recording this, it's spring, and I believe that's a gift to us in the midst of crisis. It's a mercy. If you have a garden or a balcony or even a moderately sunny window, you can grow something. Maybe the flower markets are closed where you are, but there's usually something at the supermarket. Potted plants are great. But if you're even lower on money, if, if you've eaten a zucchini recently, you can save a few seeds and dig up a bit of dirt at the park and put it in a mug. Plant the seed, put it in the window, water it, and let it grow. And you can even Google windowsill gardens if you're a little ambitious and you want to do more. We can't fix the world right now, but we can remind ourselves that we will emerge from this, and we will. And if your seed doesn't grow, it's not that you've failed. Just try again. This is the time to experiment. And if you're in a place where you can grow more, if you have a backyard, get yourself outside in the dirt and sunshine. Grow flowers or food, it doesn't matter. Just care for a living and growing thing if you can. So this week, I want you to think of something you can put in the middle of your table. A succulent plant, some cut flowers, and if you really can't afford it, then draw a lily and put it in a teacup. Or place something beautiful that you already have in the place where you take your daily bread. Maybe it's a little box your grandmother gave you, or a beautiful book. Remind yourself that life continues, this too shall pass, and there is beauty to be found. And lastly, number four, pay it forward. Because I create books for a living, one of the main things I do is public speaking and visiting schools, and I love it. Last week, I was supposed to visit a middle school, and unfortunately, that got canceled when the schools closed. But I had been really excited to meet with those students, and I didn't want to miss the opportunity. So I took it online, and I had a virtual school visit. I contacted the district as well as educators from other schools I had visited, and we did a live Instagram and YouTube visit with a Q&A. And it helped me feel connected to the outside world, and as an extrovert, I got a bit of a people fix. But I also knew that the kids needed some structure, and so it was good to meet that need for a few minutes and feel like I was doing something good. As artists, you know that sick feeling you get when you hear that your local school district is cutting arts funding from schools? I mean, we know how important those art or music programs were to us, and we can't imagine anyone else having to live without them. Well, now that's been forced upon school kids across the country. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you have nephews or nieces. 
I wonder if you have a short project you could share with them, or a film or a painting or a book that's moved you. Just the act of sharing something you love takes you outside of your own panic, and it's life-giving to yourself and to the other person. Take your head out of the news and put it on something beautiful and share it with someone. Just because we can't go visiting our neighbors doesn't mean we can't connect either. Beyond just a check-in and a chat, is there someone that you can Skype or Zoom with who likes to sing? Pull out your guitar or get up to your piano with that friend online or an elderly relative and sing some songs together or bake cookies simultaneously and eat them together virtually or create a coloring page and email it to your friends and then share the results or have an epic online game of exquisite corpse. If you don't know what I mean, you can look it up. But in, in all of this, friends, what I'm getting at is that it's too easy to let life bowl us over when we're in crisis of any kind. Trust me, I have been overwhelmed to the point of paralysis since this pandemic took hold. Whether it's this crisis or the inevitable others that life throws our way, as artists, we actually have a blessing available to us. The ability to find beauty and create order out of chaos. Today, I want you to look for one little baby step you can take to bring beauty and order into your life or the life of someone else. It will compound upon itself. And before you know it, you're gonna be looking back on the work you've created from this and you will marvel. So I'll leave you with this quote from Henry Nouwen. The secret of the sculptor is that what he knows by heart, he can recognize in the marble. A sculptor who knows an angel by heart will see an angel in the marble. When the sculptor knows God by heart, he will see God in the marble. The sculptor certainly has to know the trade because without skills and techniques, the marble will not reveal the knowledge of the heart. But skills and techniques won't suffice unless the heart is formed by the right knowledge. The great question for the sculptor is, what do you know by heart? This week's recommended read is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which I mentioned at the beginning here. I will be doing an entire episode on The Artist's Way, but for now, if you can get a copy, whether new or used, start doing the morning pages and let Julia Cameron lead you on a path of recovery, out of fear, and back into your creative self. You have the time right now. It's a great chance to do this for yourself and your work. My friends, we artists have always been the ones who take the stuff of tragedy, ugliness, suffering, and we create something from it. We take mud and we make vessels. We take crushed stones and we make paintings. We take pain and we write more profound stories. We take injury and discover new ways of moving the body. It's what we do. We make beauty and order out of chaos. And this time, this crisis is no different. It's pregnant with possibility. Thank you for joining me for this week's Vesperisms. You can subscribe to Vesperisms now and leave me a voice message to let me know what you'd like me to talk about or who you'd like me to talk to on this podcast. And there's a link to that in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram at Vesper Illustration and subscribe to my newsletter at VesperIllustration.com to get news about my work. And you'll get a free outtake chapter from my newest book, A Cloud of Outrageous Blue, which happens to be about a girl discovering her creative gifts at the onset of the Great Plague of 1348. And I would love if you'd leave me a five-star review. That'll help others find this podcast. And we'll spread the message of an artistic worldview to more people. Music for Vesperisms is provided by Ben and Vesper. Your voice is important. 
Your contribution matters. And just remember, work isn't everything, but everything is the work. See you next time.